Yes, my name is Ryan, and we are the Country Music Critics. Is that song right there familiar? Yeah, yeah, um, I've heard that for sure in the past. Um, well, I, I, and something I, I wanted to do real quick, you know, before we get you know, really started, this is okay. for anybody who may be new uh, to our podcast. Essentially, uh, Mr. Ryan is a lifelong huge country fan and he has done a lot of research he always does on each one of the artists and he knows his stuff every now and then he might get little small facts wrong but you know it's not a big deal because essentially we're just you know teaching you about the artist or the group you know depending on who we're doing that day and i I'll get everything wrong because I am not that much of a country fan. I do like older country music and stuff that's actually, you know, country. Uh, but I am more of, I like all kinds of music, really. Um, but, yeah, so I'm uh, learning at the same time as you are. Um, he's kind of teaching me all the things in these artists' you know, past and their life. And I'm trying to, you know, I guess learn as much as I can about the artist and then at the end of the show we give our opinion on what we think they are as far as do you think they're a five-star artist or do you think they are getting one star so um it's essentially opinion based but yeah we're learning about their life and their you know rise to infamy yes yes absolutely and and the biggest thing my passion for doing this is what I hear on today's country radio. It, it just breaks my heart because, I mean, I look back on the artists that uh, actually earned that. And when I say earned that, I mean playing in bars and, you know, going nights without eating and paying their bands and writing songs that come from the heart. And then it just destroys me when you have some Florida Georgia line just break loose with how they rolled in a pickup truck that their dad co-signed for. I mean, it just, that's my purpose of this is to actually weed it out and let everybody know, hey, this is what country music is. It's kind of funny you always go back to Florida Georgia line. That's well, I got weird. a lot, but you know, I mean, but <laughs> also, and I want to go on the record and say, I'm learning at this, uh, you know, Casey Musgraves, I was not a fan until I got to know her. Yeah. Yeah, she's beautiful. But in my mind, I'm thinking, she ain't country. But then when I listened to her actual story, yeah. I gained a lot of respect for her. Yeah, you to watch, you know, you know? So, in real time. And I'll say this, every, every you know, style of music eventually – as it you know, grows you know, older, it changes. The industry changes and everything. Like right. if you look at rap in the eighties, it's not anything like it is today. Yeah. And it's, I mean, essentially we are a product of our uh, you know, generation. So like, you know, we like what we heard you know, growing up. Um, 
essentially for the most part that's not always true i don't know how anybody could like anything in the 80s the like you know music in the 80s was you know horseshit but that's my opinion uh, i mean some people love it but yeah yeah, yeah i did i loved it 80s 90s you know um, i love 90s i mean it was amazing yeah i mean it's always gonna it's gonna change yeah and then you know also this fact uh i i kind of look at it from the other person okay i may hate a florida georgia line song but they have quarter million people buying it right so, i mean what it's kind of tug and pull i really wish that they would say this is country music chris stapleton florida georgia line is in this pop country group and just you know like let them have their own award show their <laughs> own bullshit you know what I mean? See, I don't even worry about the awards. I well, I know. I think but it's all I'm just saying, anyway. in all reality, they need their own style because it's, it's not bro country. Be, yeah, well, whatever. They'll never <laughs> be, you know, uh, a bro country museum. Can you imagine it now? Bring Man. your boyfriend. Look at all them cut off shirts, all the tattoos, and flat mm-hmm. bill hats, long hair. Yeah, all the guys proposing to guys, you know. Mm-hmm. I could see it now. It's a damn yeah. show. You always go to the to the drag show or something. Well, yeah, no, I'm just saying. So, all right, let's bring it on back. We <laughs> cannot start without saying happy birthday to our um, artist that we're going to be talking about today, Mr. David Allen Cole. Today is his birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mr. David Allen Cole. If that ain't country, I'll kiss your ass. So I'm sure he's really going to love hearing this episode from his (laughs) hospital bed, actually. He is in the hospital fighting COVID right now. Yeah, and let's and, all and say a little prayer for him old. to get better. Yeah, it, no, it's, it's not good when you're old. You you really got a lot stacked against you. I'm I'm gonna be honest. With you, I got a buddy who's my age. I, I graduated with him. He uh, he was about to kill him. He almost died. He uh, COVID. Yeah, but the hospitals are so full they couldn't admit him. Yeah. Um, and it got it got it got really bad on him. He's you know well, 38 years old. It. it and almost got him. So, speaking, uh, speaking of uh, hospitals, you know, I, I think it's bullshit that they're making nurses lose their job if they don't want to take a shot. I mean, for the last year, they fought side by side, and th- yeah. there was nothing wrong with them then. I mean, that's when I do have grounds well, that I'm be pissed off on. I know that it's real. I know that you should wear a mask, but you should not force somebody to take a shot or lose their job. I agree with that. I think you should have the right to make a choice. But, you know, that being said, with the hospitals right now, um, the if you look in the hospitals, 95% of them aren't vaccinated. There are a few, you know, wild cards that have had their vaccine, but the odds are they got some other issues going on. It's a lot safer if you get your vaccine. Um, this is coming from a man who's married to a woman who works at a hospital and she's, she gets so frustrated. It It's became you know, politicized and that's you know, the problem with it. Exactly. Um, 
but because yeah. I don't want to take it just for two facts. Fact number one, it's half ass FDA approved. Fact number two, that's all the Democrats talk about, so I automatically cancel it. Right. Well, yeah, if it's a cure for cancer and Joe Biden tell me to take it, I wouldn't take it. I mean that but see you know, it's politicized and you that. shouldn't right. politicize it. There's well, other parts that to is it. what it is. I can't you need to it. you need to think about your health and everybody needs to think about their health. Yeah, we don't know the effects of what everything you know, does in the future. You don't know what the effects of getting you know COVID does in your future. And I mean, because I've seen people who are in great shape and it kills them. And you see people who are in awful shape and it hardly affects them. It's so random. You have no idea if it's going to, you know, what it's going to do to you when you get it. Well, I mean, here's my question. And and we're not just about COVID, guys. I promise we'll get to it. Yeah, this is just a a random conversation. Here's the thing. Okay. If there's a Delta variant, Mm -hmm. where is the test for a Delta variant? Because nobody's posted tests of just that. They here's don't know. What, they don't know if it's Delta. I've been around it. I've been around 40, 50 people that had it in the last year. And knock on wood, thank God I didn't get sick. I didn't bring it home to anybody. But we're a year into this, and why the hell is it so dangerous now? You know what I mean? Let me tell you why it's so dangerous now. Please, please. Well, the. Yeah, short story of it. When you come up with a vaccine that does not you know, kill a virus, that allows the virus to still live, and it just you know mutates. It's gonna it's gonna build on whatever it's got around it, so it's gonna figure out a way to make itself attached because the virus is trying to live too. You know, it's it's just like us. It's trying to live, so it's gonna mutate into whatever. We're gonna have so many variants. This is not going away. This never will go away. We'll be dealing with this for years until they come up with a vaccine that kills it. And until then, we're kind of, ultimately, we're screwed because it's going to get worse. And all of these mutations are going to just, you know, keep getting more and more deadly because there's nothing that kills it. And essentially, the, you know, what they should have done in the beginning, which, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but... When it originally started, the people that got it should have been locked in a building. And everybody's like, oh, that's awful. You can't do that. That's what should have happened. They should have nipped that in the bud and it had been gone. We wouldn't have to deal with it anymore. But now we're going to deal with it forever. Yeah. Well, my thoughts and prayers go out to anybody who's lost a loved one or anyone that has to deal with it. And, you know, I just wish that they would respect everyone's decision. But in the same sentence, you know, you should respect the other person. You know, don't, you know, don't go out of your way to be an asshole about it. Yeah, you shouldn't make a choice for your health based on anything political. If you're not getting the vaccine because Democrats are pushing for it, that you need to find a better reason. Well, uh, that was my second reason. The first right. reason is because they rushed it on the FDA approval. You know, yeah. do you know who rushed it? I, uh, I really Donald don't. Trump rushed it. So you should be all for it. <laughs> no, no. He's been vaccinated. We need, we need to go ahead and start this podcast. <laughs> We're going to officially agree to disagree. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So today's <laughs> Alan Cole's birthday. Uh, he. Is also in the hospital, as he said. 
He was born June 6th, 1939. Did you know that he was born in Ohio? I did, Akron. Yes, Akron, Ohio. Correct. That, uh, the birthday jam for David Allen Coe is Over the Rainbow. Yes, from the Wizard of Oz. Now, isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. Because I would never put those two together, ever. <laughs> That's like the difference between New York and California in distance. Those yeah. two, everything. So, <laughs> David Allen Coe is the most celebrated slash controversial artist to emerge from the outlaw movement. Yeah, that's true. So his hometown is 40 miles south of Cleveland. It's the fifth largest city in the state. It is also the rubber capital of the world. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about tires. In the the 90s, the Hells Angels uh, moved a lot of meth in that town making it the third in the nation uh, for stuff like that. Did you know that there's also two famous people that are in um, your kind of interest from that town? I'm sure there are. Yeah. You want me to tell you who they are? Who? Stephen Kerr. LeBron James. Yeah. 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 Also, the law was passed in that town for the initial uh, K through 12 grades, like uh, the idea of you start at kindergarten and then you end at uh, 12. It was uh, originally created in that area and passed into law. I thought that was pretty fascinating. Also, the founder of AAA is popular in that area, which is kind of crazy because you have that, but you also have it being third at one time worse for meth you know it's kind of crazy that those two would be in the same ballpark <laughs> yeah so the population now there is 190,000 people did you know that when david allen cole was born the population was 244,000 most of the time it's less <laughs> especially that many years you know yeah, he was born during the time of you know, the <clears throat> great you know automobile boom, and that's right. close to Detroit. So, you know, if they are famous for you know, making tires, then I'm sure it was absolutely booming at that time. Mm-hmm. So um, at age nine, his favorite country singer, well, he wasn't really a country singer, he was just a singer, Johnny Ace. And I've never looked up any Johnny Ace songs, but... That was one of his uh, favorite. Of course, it's no secret David Allen Cole is a product of a very unhappy and troubled childhood. At nine, he was sent to reform school. Throughout the next 20 years, this is where he's in and out of correctional institutions. Um, He's charged with anything from theft to murder. I mean, he was on a roll, you know. (laughs) So while he was behind bars, he met a guy named Screaming Jay Hawkins, which is also, he has a little bit of fame. He encouraged David Allen Cole to start songwriting. Have you ever heard anything by Screaming Jay Hawkins? 
No, I read that name when I was doing a little you know, research. I thought it was kind of a you know, random name. <laughs> it's pretty yeah, cool. Well, at first, I thought maybe it was like a, you know, like a inmate nickname. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't think he was supposedly a singer, but I'm not coming up with anything on Google. Yeah, I, I put a spell on you. Screaming Jay Hawkins. Hmm. So you guys may want to check him out. Uh, originally, he was the one who encouraged David Allen Cole to start songwriting. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So David Allen Cole claims that he killed a man in prison. The inmate demanded oral, oral sex from David. He claims that in self-defense, he killed the guy. But the jury and the court system didn't believe that that was self-defense. So he was sent to death row. Did you know that? I did not. Yes, he was on death row for killing a man while in custody. While in death row, he reunites with one of his foster fathers. Now, how fucked up is that? <laughs> you know what he's in there for? Murder, too. Well, must run in the family. Yeah. So somehow back then, they're able to play guitar. And which is, you wouldn't see that nowadays in Death Row that you'd be able to play guitar. I mean, it just, it doesn't make sense. But those were different times. So, I mean, he's claiming that he did. So we got to believe it, I guess, you know. So that's when he started learning to play guitar. And him and his uh, ex-foster father, they started writing songs together. So before the sentence could be carried out for David to be put to death, it was repealed, uh, the death penalty. And instead, they gave him life instead of death. There was some kind of law that changed or something in that time. Hmm. You got lucky. Do what? That's pretty lucky. Very lucky. So <laughs> at this time, he decides to take a bigger interest into music. And uh, this is when he starts to perform for fellow inmates. Uh, he actually starts listening and he has a really good record in jail as doing good. So the parole board actually favor him and they free him in 1967. He was 28 years old. Now, I have never in my entire life heard of anybody take a story like that and then get freed. I mean, no. it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Either I don't know if it's impressive or if he started handing out what he – you know, claim that guy was asking him to do. It was like he did a little favor. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you go on the record to say that. I'm not going on the record. I'm just speculating. <laughs> David Allen Cole seems like the, the kind of people that he he has people <laughs> that could come. I'm sure he does. You know, come to your house. So, yeah. uh, so at this time, he goes straight to Nashville. He ain't going to get in no more trouble till he gets there. <laughs> so he's hell-bent, and he goes to Nashville. He lives in his car, and he plays for for uh, tips to, to eat, to survive. He's playing music. Did you know that he lived in the back of a hearse that was parked in front of the Ryman Auditorium? I did see that. That's really cool. Yes. 
That is like outlaw of outlaw. <laughs> that that's a little bit deeper than outlaw. Wouldn't oh, you yeah. think? That's kind of like dark, you know. It's, it's pretty dark, yeah. So a guy named uh Shelby Singleton was the very first person that had any kind of power to meet up and try to work something out with David Allen Cole. So they get together. He signs with this tiny label called SSS Label. His first album was a penitentiary. I'm not for sure if I'm pronouncing that right. If I'm not, please apologize. I'm saying penitentiary. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But I thought it had like a diary kind of ring to the end of it. I mean, I failed English. So. (laughs) So anyways, so the first album that he releases, he has two songs on it that are pushed. One of them's called Tobacco Road. The other one is called Two-Tone Brown, uh, which it did not have a lot of uh, radio airplay, but the critics, they loved it. I mean, a lot of people, uh, they really pushed for it. And I got a little bit of Tobacco Road I'm going to play for you. I like it. Have yeah, you it's it? different. It's pretty cool. He's like, uh, you know, my mama died. <laughs> you, know, he's, he, you can see that he's got like a, I mean, he really is singing from the heart. It's not Carrie Underwood kind of singing from the right, heart. Right. But like he, he's honestly telling you, look, man, I went through this shit and I lived it and I'm here to sing about it. You know? Yeah. Um, so at this time, in the 70s, he moved to Plantation Records. Then that's when uh, he come out with uh, How High's the Watergate Martha. Now, I listened to that song. I didn't see anything that kind of stood out. At this time, he was married twice, and he had had a daughter by his second wife. And at some point, he has a son, which uh, they say that one of his sons has a podcast. Now, mm-hmm. um, it was kind of hard to track down his kids because there's a lot of different numbers out there. Some people claim that, you know, that from a wild night that they ended up being David Uncle's child. But, you know, we don't really have any proof on that. The only person that would truly know would be David. So yeah. uh, at this time, he goes on tour with Grand Funk Railroad. Now, isn't that such an odd pair? I don't know. It's still kind of Southern rock. Were they? Now, I've never really listened to their stuff. What did they have? Do you know anything about Uh Come back to me. I'm going to okay. look that up just to be sure. But So now, no matter what David tried to do at this time, he just could not get mainstream. Uh, his writing basically paid the bills. Uh, 1973... Was uh, he wrote a song that I must say that I can connect with really well, and if you love somebody, I would definitely listen to this song and consider playing it for them. Here it is. It is sung by Miss Tanya Tucker. Oh, 
Would you lay with me in a field of stone? If my needs were strong, would you lay with me? That song right there is amazing. Uh, hands down, I mean, would you lay with me in a field of stone? I mean, that's basically saying if we could go to the shittiest conditions, yeah. would you still be by me? Mm-hmm. You know. Do you need a little bit longer on that grand funk? Uh, I got one song that I think okay. you'll have heard of. What is it? It's called We're an American Band. We're an American Band. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's them. But would you really pay or Okay, think about if you were back in that time and you were going to see them, but David Allen Coe opened the show. Uh, I, I mean, don't know. some of David Allen Coe's songs were you know, kind of uh, rockish. rockish. Yeah. yeah. So I could see that. So that, I, yeah. So that song by Tanya Tucker, Would You Play With Me, he wrote, and he also recorded his version. Uh, of course, Tanya's version went number one. Then he signed with Columbia Records. And uh, at this time, every artist wanted a David Allen Cole song. Because, I mean, he was coming out with, you know, phenomenal songs like that. So everybody kind of wanted to jump on board with that. Uh, let's see here. Unlike his first two albums, uh, it wouldn't be as big as his third album. So... He released a lot of music from 1974 all the way to 1990. He had a release every year. Sometimes, like in 1977, he had three records come out in one year. I mean, that's crazy. And at first I thought, well, maybe it's a song or an EP with two or three. These are like 45 minutes, 35 oh. minutes, an hour albums. I mean... So he's pumping out songs like crazy, but nothing is really grabbing the attention that he needs. So uh, his first idea was, and this comes from his father, is to be the mystery rhinestone cowboy. That was also the name of one of his albums. And the idea was that if he's in rhinestones and he's got a, a bandana over his eyes, kind of like the uh, bandit, um, when he's on stage, he could be that person. And then when he come off stage and wanted to have a normal life, like go to Walmart or something, he could just take the bandana off of his eyes. That was the idea that his dad had. Yeah. Which he tried to pursue that first, but it didn't really take hook like you would thought. Right. But long before Glenn Campbell ever sung Rhinestone Cowboys, uh, David Allen Cole kind of had that. And it's really cool how it accidentally come about. He was in a meeting with Mel Tillis, another country artist, and he goes into the office and Mel opens the closet and there's all these rhinestone suits and David Allen Cole's eyes were just as big as a golf ball. He he was just blown away at what he saw. And Mel said, do you like that shit? And David Oops. Allen Cole said, yeah, I sure do. Mel said, well, go ahead and take one. You can do whatever you want to do with it. And that's when David took it and wore it like a badge of honor. Huh. Yeah. So that's pretty cool how yeah. that came about. Yeah, it is. 
So David uh, once said that he didn't care too much for Chris Christopherson, uh, artists like that, because he believed that he could say more than what they said. So David Allen Cole, he studied a lot of artists like Roy Acuff's, Ernest Tubbs, Hank Snow, and Marty Robertson. That, that was the kind of people that he tried to be like. But Chris Christopherson, in my opinion, mm-hmm. he's a pretty good songwriter. Yes, he is. And I More of the legends. Well, you know. But once again, David Alcoa, he didn't see that. <laughs> well, he's got, he's got, he's he's got like strong opinions. Sheep. He really is like a black sheep. Mm-hmm. So the entire, I mean, it would be like reading a phone book if I told you every album that he had. So I have a total number. 42 studio albums four live albums, 52 singles, one soundtrack, and a number one. Hmm. So, uh, he started to release some of his X-rated stuff, which is pretty raunchy, Hmm. to say the least. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, and and it kind of comes back to everybody. Yeah, can finally see that he was in the pen for a while. So, I mean, that's just, that's a little you know, part of him that he let everybody see. Yeah. So, he also said, all of my songs up to 1984 was sold in a bankruptcy proceeding. $25,000 from the bankruptcy court because nobody told me that they had been up for sale. Basically, the IRS claimed that I owed $100,000. I was living in a place, and we had a flood, and everything was destroyed. They knew that I didn't have any records or any proof um, that I had all this, so I just filed bankruptcy. So that's Mm. he he lost a lot of his uh, rights to a lot of the songs. The only income that he makes now is from performing on the road, and from the new songs that he's producing. But from 1984 back, he lost all that. Which is a shame, because that was the time that Tanya Tucker released uh, uh, Would You Lay With Me? That was part of that. Uh, Take This Job and Shove It was 1977. Uh, Tennessee Whiskey, his royalties... Off, even though it went to number 77, he still got money from it. He didn't write it, but he still got money from it. That was 1981. So anything prior to 1984, he was screwed. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, it really does. So, like, when people think of David Allen Cole, according to Google, these are the 10 biggest songs that come to mind. Number 10 is Don't Cry Darling with George Jones. Number nine, Now I Lay Me Down to Cheat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number eight, Willie Whalen and Me. Number seven, A Country Boy Who Rolled to Rock and Roll. Number six, Tennessee Whiskey. Number five, She Used to Love Me a Lot. Number four, Long Haired Redneck. Number three, the, the Ride. Number two, Mona Lisa Lost Her Smile. Number one, You Never Call Me By My Name. 
Mm-hmm. And a bonus, if that ain't country, I'll kiss your ass. Now, M- Mona Lisa Smiles, that was the first time and the only time that he had a number one under his name. Did you know that? Yeah. What do you think of that song? Let's play it. Okay. Mona Lisa lost her smile. I feel like I'm like at a disco. I don't hit you like like the fog. I don't think you know what a disco is. <laughs> well, I mean, like when they play the slow songs at a disco. Yeah. That, uh, no, Kinda. it's it's different. I I don't care for this song, but yeah, um, he had he had an album or two that you know sounded a lot like this. That I don't know. It just yeah, you know, to me, it didn't sound like him. You know, like it sounded like it was you know probably got you know kind of pushed in that direction by his you know label and agents and all that. Um, but. I, I just don't think it sounds like him. Right. That's just my opinion, but I mean, yeah. Well, well, you know, there's a lot of songs that he recorded and within a close amount of time, another artist recorded and they had a big success with it, which in a lot of ways, David Allen Cole comes close to hitting the part of a major super superstar, but he always misses it by some reason. You know, that's like with Tennessee Whiskey. Uh, of course, you know, those were within two years of each other. And George Jones takes it to number two. But how do you compete with George Jones, you know? Yeah. At that time. Which, I mean, I think he's a better singer than George Jones, but he wasn't as popular, for sure. No. no. I, I think he was more talented, but that's just me. Well, a better singer than George Jones, I, I disagree on that. I mean, mm. you're talking about the old possum. Papa Love Mama You remember that one by Garth Brooks Yeah Garth released it in 1994 Of course you know Garth Anything that he even begins to sing on Goes number one David Allen Cole released it in 1994 And I don't understand the reasoning Of doing that Maybe he just enjoyed the song But he released it then But neither one of the artists wrote that song so, even though with his bankruptcy and everything, he's still listed at $1.5 million net worth. So. That's that's good, but I mean, if you think about it, that's, that's not enough to retire on, especially now with all his hospital bills I'm sure he's got. Yeah. So, I found a really cool concert writer which is what that means is if you pay an artist to come play in your backyard so his uh contract here says no fans no Mm -hmm. smoke effects uh opening doors or air conditioning can be operated that will cause a draft or blow on the artist during the performance note all other air conditioning fans etc not blowing on or near the stage may be continued to be in use as long as there is no draft to the artist. David Allen Cole will lose his voice if a draft hits him, mm-hmm. which will cause cancellation of the show. Huh. That's non-negotiable. Yeah. I'm sure that's like a medical reason. That makes sense. He's probably got lung issues. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. 
Mr. Cole has the right to walk off the stage and refuse to perform if anyone turns on a fan. <laughs> I mean, he's he's particular with this shit. Well, you ain't gonna have no fan on. I mean, the way it sounds, it affects his you know, health, so I don't blame him. Yeah. Mr. Cole's performance will never exceed two and one and a half hours. Uh, if you cool the building down and shut the air off around the stage 15 minutes before the show, your customers will be happy, he'll be happy, and we'll have a good show. Thank you. Hmm. <laughs> uh, no liquor allowed backstage. No alcohol beverages are to be furnished to the David Allen Cole Band. Hmm. No charges or bar tabs by any band members will be paid by David Allen Cole. Do not let anyone charge anything to the David Allen Cole band. Any band member uh, desiring to drink alcohol is responsible for paying for their own drinks. You can sell them anything they want, and you can give them a discount for being in the band, but they must pay for their own. No drugs or alcohol are permitted backstage at David Allen Cole's concerts. Hmm. So, yeah, there you have that. There's also, he requires uh, 15 tickets in case he wants to give people tickets, you know, like his fans or radio or something. Uh, At this time, which was 1994, he is the same price as he was when I looked into booking him once. I looked into booking him around 2007, and he was only 10000 which hmm. is fairly cheap. Yeah. David Allen Cole. Yeah, it is. So the name of his bus is called the X-Con Express. Hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, let's see here. Let me go over to the last section of my notes here. So, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, throughout the years, I I must say that if you call yourself country, you must know the song The Ride by David Allen Cole. That's one of the requirements uh, that I have is, you know, that's a song that every country singer needs to know because he wrote it about Hank, and it's a phenomenal song, The Ride, in my opinion. What do you think? I don't know much about that one, to be honest. Yeah. Well, he's talking, what the song is about is he's in uh, Montgomery, Alabama, where Hank uh, Williams is buried, and he runs across this ghost of him. And he Mm. picks him up and gives him a ride, and he basically says, you know, hey, can you make people feel what you feel inside, you know, when you bend them guitar strings, so. Uh, Another cool thing, have you noticed that he looks... Just like John C. Riley, the guy who played Dewey Cox story. Yeah, you sent me that picture. Yeah, what do you think? I can see where you would think that. Yeah, I mean, he's got like a similar look, like the hair is the same, and that's right. probably who they were, you know, trying to get him to you know, look like in the in the movie. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. So, uh, hmm. 
I think you cut out a little bit. Uh, yeah, I had somebody trying to call. So, mm. David Allen Cole was the first artist to have an all-girl country backup band. Mm. So, I mean, you know, he's big with the ladies now back then. <laughs> yeah, he was an outlaw. He was a bad boy. Yes, he was. Every he was part. Bad boy. He was also part of the 1% out, uh, outlaw motorcycle club. Was part of that. Uh, that club was actually they had a chapter in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. He was married five times before settling with a longtime girlfriend. That's who he decided to stay with. But he was married five times. Yeah, we gotta keep going till you get it right. Yeah. So, um, when he did get married. In 2010, to his longtime girlfriend, Kimberly, she was 48. He was 71 <laughs> at a little white chapel in Vegas. Guess which major country singer was the official witness at his wedding? Um, I have no idea. Toby Keith. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that makes that's, sense. that's pretty cool. Yeah. He collaborated with Pantera. For Rebel Meets Rebel. Uh, it was some kind of event that they did. He survived a major car crash in 2003. It was, uh, it was a pretty bad deal. But he survived it. Because he's a badass. Mm-hmm. So, here's my final thoughts on David Allen Cole. He's a different kind of breed. Yeah. He definitely is part of Outlaw Country. Had there not been a David Allen Cole, I believe that there would have been a lot of songs that nobody else could have wrote the way that he did. And I believe that he doesn't get near as much credit as as he deserves. But I also believe a lot of reasons why is probably because of the way that he presents himself a lot. Even though we all want to be true and say what's on our mind, you just can't always do that. And I believe that kind of hurt him from becoming the George Jones status, you know. Uh, That song, uh, If That Ain't Country, I'll Kiss Your Ass. That is probably one of the most well-written country songs that I've ever heard of, you know. (laughs) I'm going to play a little clip of that. The old man was covered with tattoos and scars. He got some in prison and others in bars. The rest you got working on old junk cars in the daytime. I mean, that song is just like tombstones in our yard, and I never seen anybody from Kentucky. I mean, you've got somebody in your family that their yard looks like that, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, he's not singing, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it's his style, you know. Yeah. Of course, he's nowhere close to a vocal phenomenon right but as far as writing goes he's amazing he's got some songs that he shows his voice off yeah I mean, he really does 18 wheeler uh you never <clears throat> my favorite song is you never even call me by my name right i love that song and you know that that's a lot of his life you know yeah. because nobody ever did Mm-mm. you know i mean he, it's like he fought so hard and he was friends with all these major artists, but he just could not get that main, mainstream play. 
you know. Mm-mm. Yeah. So that's all I've got, guys, on uh, David Allen Coe. It's time to do our uh, fight, love, and chill, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to let you go first. All right. Well, for the fight, is if you're new to us, we do the hypothetical. I'm sure everybody's heard the the whole – I'll do the edited version. You know, you get you know, three people named off. You got to fight one. You got to marry one, and you got to have intercourse with the other one. Uh that is the edited version of that. Uh, so we do the song you would fight to, the song you'd make love to, and the song you'd listen to on repeat for the rest of your life. So um, the fight song is If That Ain't Country, just because it kind of builds up to it. And I don't know. I, of all the ones, that's the one that uh, gets me the most fired up, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so mine... My fight song would be uh, The Ride because I just I put so much passion into that song about country music and it, it kind of just makes me want to fight people who are not country music, who claim to be, you know. So, The Ride for me. Yeah. Okay. The next one we're going to do is The Song to Make Love To. And that's kind of hard with David Allen Cole. Uh, but I chose 18 Wheeler because it's a sweet you know, love story. Um, and I feel like he's telling me in the middle of it, you know, roll on, buddy, just keep on going, right? <laughs> Until you get back home. You know? So mine would be, would you lay with me, the Tanya Tucker version? Yeah, yeah. Okay. My chill to song mm-hmm. would probably be, you never caught me by my name. That's mine. Yeah. It's for sure mine because, I mean, that's I me. Mean, <clears throat> my opinion of all the songs that he had, I, I like it the most. I like, you know, the song, you know, Family Reunion. Um, I just like the way it was kind of laid out. I like the structure of the song and the yeah. lyrics were good. Um, yeah. Uh, he had a song called yeah, <clears throat> Frau Lynn. I don't know if he wrote it, but. Yeah, Tyler Childers, who we talked about on the last episode, he has a version of that with Culture Wall. Um, What's the name of that song? Uh, Frau Lynn. It's F-R-A-U-L-E-I-N. It's a, a German word. Um, but hmm. so, and I, yeah, take this job and shove it. I've I actually made up a version of that and I sing it over the, the intercom at uh, one of my old jobs at a factory. No, you did. <laughs> I did. I swear. Wow. I still remember all the words to it too. <laughs> so you sung that over the intercom when you were quitting? Uh, well, I was honest college. It was when I was in college. I worked at a factory. Uh, they had a program. It's called you know, college help. Um, essentially, they worked around our schedule for school, and we could you know come in. And they got rid of the program, but they kept a few of, you know, <clears throat> the college help. Yeah. But they got rid of the majority of the rest of them. And the ones that they kept were the ones who were, you know, either <clears throat> related to or were friends of somebody who was high up. So oh, yeah. That's why I got, I got, I got slotted a little bit and so did a bunch of my, you know, coworkers. So I thought I would. Yeah, represent, and I made up my own version. I sang it over the intercom. 
So that's a classic. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, I believe I'm gonna give David Allen Cole um, four stars, and I'm gonna go ahead and predict predict that it's gonna be very hard for him to be put um, in the Hall of Fames like other artists simply because of his X-rated album yeah. uh, time. So, but four stars because he truly did earn it. He's a road dog. He played bars and nobody wanted to play. He's worked his ass off and he wrote good country songs. So he has in the four stars from me. Yeah. I feel like eventually he'll make it into the hall. It'll be after he you know, passes away. Um, I think they'll let a little time pass and then eventually, you know, they'll, you know, reward his, you know, work and, all the effort that he put in and all the, I mean, his life, he's got, he's had a twisted, you know, messed up life, which if you look, the majority of the most interesting slash, uh, yeah, talented you know, people, they come from a sordid background and it's, uh, you know, usually that's a part of the recipe, uh, which is unfortunate because that means they got to go through a whole lot, but, um, yeah. So, for him, he's he's got some really good songs. Um, it's got about a handful that I would consider songs that I like. So that he gets a star for that. From you know, <clears throat> for turning his life around, I know in his later years he's kind of turned into where he is really, you know, religious. Um, so, or he was at one point. I'm not sure now. I've not. I, yeah, I, I've never talked to him, but I know. Yeah. Uh, in some of his later years, he has done a lot of, you know, a, a Christian albums and whatnot. So for the for really? the turn in his lifestyle, I'll uh, I don't know if he did any albums. He did some songs though. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I'll give him another star. Um, uh, four. Let's see. He's gonna get four stars from me too. Um, it's hard for me to come up with exact reasons why, but I do feel like he was a talent that if he was just a little different with, you know, his talent, he would be just as big as George Jones. If he didn't have to come from, from what he came from and he, you know, started off, you know, a little further back than the rest of them started off just because of what he had to go through. Yeah, and, and you know, you got to look at it like this. Had he not had a life like that, he may have not had the inspiration to write what he did. So it's kind of a catch-22. Yeah, I mean, he could have went a whole different direction. Um, but, I mean, we, that's one thing we, it's, that's why we live the life. You never know, you know when something's going to happen, what's going to happen, and, you know, how you're going to grow from it. That's, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I believe that's all I have to say about Mr. David Allen Cole. That's all I got, folks. I appreciate you listening. Yeah, thank you. All right, everybody have a safe week. You get a chance, go like us on the Country Music Critic Facebook. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on everybody that'll let us. So if you get a chance, tell somebody about us. If you want to hear some info about somebody, shoot us a message, shoot us a comment. We will happily do it. Yes, sir. Have a good week.
Yeah. God bless. All right. See you, buddy. See you.